professional, so. Yeah, good in it. All right. I've managed to <coughs> grab hold of the boss, Emily Fraser. And uh, she's agreed to do a little interview with us for the QR Network. Oh, so how are you doing, Emily? I'm all right. I think I've been recovering from like a chest infection the last two weeks. I'm literally like, people are talking to me and I'm just coughing in their face. So I'm trying not to get COVID. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, no, it's good. Look, I mean, we've had some, I mean, everyone that's walking around this weather, behind my back they're saying it's terrible but everyone who's walking around saying just love the atmosphere love the setup here love the venue and so we're getting a really good vibe from everyone who's playing in the event and it just it's just really really enlightening and the work that we've put in the last couple of days or just leading up to the event it you feel like you're doing it for something because you see everyone smiles on their faces even when there's a loss or anything like that everyone seems to really be enjoying themselves so yeah it feels really good well, I can I, no, I can vouch for that. The setup's amazing. The tables are great. Everything on this side of the of the of the curtain is 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 fantastic. What I'd like to know is what goes on behind the curtain. And this is your this is your second uh, multi-table 256-player event after the U.S. Open. Nothing's going to go smoothly first time. What, what's the challenges for you have um, been for for this well, one? What do you think you can improve on? Other things that you're the, the issues you've had with with increasing to the 256 field because that's a lot of sheep to yeah. to to herd. try and uh, herd. Yes, especially <laughs> pro players. Dogs, basically. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, first of all, it makes it a lot easier that we're in London because then we don't have any delays on shipping containers. And I literally, I think I actually cried that year one of the US Open and I never admitted it until someone took a photo and they actually published it and you can actually see that I was crying but I'll admit it now because people know about it but I actually cried at that US Open when that shipping container got lost and it was just I didn't know what to do because it was totally out of my hands I couldn't do anything about it and everyone was trying to do something um, but, so yeah being in the UK is that's the first easy sort of step but Look, this is a different venue for us. We're kind of like, um, this is where we do our netball event. So we normally hold 7,000 spectators in here. All the seating banks come out, the netball court comes out and we do all courtside seating, like VIP hospitality. Um, so for us in this venue, it's quite straightforward. However, health and safety regulations, like it's all just a different level, different sort of playing field than going to, you know, some other arenas around here. There's prestige around it. It's an Olympic venue, so it has all of those red tape. Um, but it's worked really nicely in here. Been having some meetings today about returning here. Um, you know, it's been a successful event. We've had good crowds coming through. Um, not as good as I'd hoped, but I think what one thing we're trying to do is to build a home for all of our events. You know, we announced the US Open in Harrods for the next couple of years, so everyone knows that's the home. These are the dates for the next few years, and you know that it can only grow. But it was a tough rig. Saturday, Sunday. I mean, in all fairness, um, I went on a Hindu for my best friend's Hindu, and I never ever choose personal life over work. It's always work first. And I missed the Hindu during the World Championship of like my god sister and the team. And this is where hats off go to the matching team. We come into the office and the team were like, right, Emily, we know you missed that Hindu. We know your best friend's Hindu's like clashing with the rig for the UK Open. So we've got it covered on the Saturday. We want you to go. And I was like, wow, like, are you sure? Like you are, you're committing <laughs> yourself. Like you're all gonna have to be here. Like day dot sort of thing. And do you know what? I landed here, I landed in Heathrow like 9 a.m. on the Sunday morning, day two of the rig. 
and they had it all under control and I've never felt so proud in my life. I just thought, I turned around and I just like, you know what, this is this is the team that, we, that we've been trying to achieve and this is the team that we finally have. Everyone's got each other's backs and, you know, they had it under control and we all support one another and it's just, this is sort of really brought everyone together, which is really nice. Um, and then we had a lot of challenges on Sunday and Monday, you know, we, we hadn't, you know, our medic was late on um, Tuesday and the players, players are meant to be coming into practice, the medic was late. We can't open those doors unless the medic's here on yeah. site. Oh my gosh. Yeah, like, we were, we were all standing outside yeah, thinking, all that a minute. Exactly. <laughs> and there's like things like that that you just, you know, they're just things that throw, you, you can't, know, you can't that, even either. control that. That's just the, the woman who's just stuck in traffic. I yeah, mean, yeah, it's yeah. just one of those things. And, but we're learning as we're going and it's, you know, it is tough with 256 players because you get to that last minute and you, you come in on that um, Tuesday morning, the start, and we go, right, what players haven't we seen yet? And there's like a lot of players who we don't personally know. And then all of a sudden, we're like, we don't want any walkovers. Like, kills me when there's a walkover. I can't stand it. No walkovers are allowed. So someone, Catchy was due to place um, someone um, at 9am on the Tuesday. And it was... 10 to 9 and we were docking racks and everything people that weren't arriving and we we're all like no we haven't seen this player so and i've walked up to a group of just they looked british because they were all wearing the uk open shirt walked up to them i went one of our players hasn't shown up do you want to play and they were like and this guy is literally in like trousers and shirt and he was like yeah okay i'll play and i was like well you're playing catchy in 10 minutes and he turned to his mate and his mate he was playing in the event and his mate just turns around and goes Oh, do you want to use my cues? And I was like, well, you're not playing first, because obviously he's like, and he was like, no, 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 I'm second match on. And uh, so it was George Edwards. I remember him, because I wrote it down on my phone, I put it on the group WhatsApp. I was like, right, George Edwards is now playing catchy. So then there's no walkover. Yeah, yeah. All of a sudden, like, you've got the 256 players. And I mean, the kid, like, he was come off and he was like, he got pumped like 9 0. <laughs> um, and he, but he's obviously continuing the tournament. Didn't, you know, he didn't pay his entry fee yeah. because, you know, it was already sitting there, sort of thing. But it's just, they're the things that we could easily just sit there and go, right, okay, it's a walkover. But that's not what it's about. Like, no, it's got to be fulfilled. That. And it's just creating these, you know, opportunities for different players. And there's, it's so nice to see the British lot here because I just genuinely thought that eight ball was more popular here. I thought that we should be just really big in America. It's really opened my eyes to what we should be doing here, how we mimic like the World Snooker Tour and things like that. And the British players who have been coming over and just saying like, we love this setup, it feels really cool. Um, so I'm just really excited to now go, right, the UK Open, what's the dates, what's the venue for the next couple of years and how we can, you know, grow on it. Okay. Um, scheduling, now that mm. you mentioned that, have you had issues with, with, with scheduling? I know you're working uh, close with uh, Digipool and um, that's, uh, the, I think that's the platform that you intend to go, to go forward with in the, in the future. Um, how's that been working out for you at this Do you event? mean tournament scheduling or match scheduling at the tournament? Match scheduling at the tournament. Yeah, like in all fairness, at the World Pool Championship, it's it's not something that I've been too, um, how do I say it? I want to be honest about it, um, that I've not been too, it's not been my priority, mm -hmm. um, which is bad, because I first noticed it at the World Pool Championship, and also going back, I went to the Derby, and I was just asking a few players, and I was like, do you know when you're playing? They're like, no, but I feel like players are kind of just used to that, which that's that's one fault. We shouldn't just automatically assume that, oh, players are used to it, so therefore they won't complain. 
I always try, I know we shouldn't compare ourselves to snooker because it's a different game, but when I say we compare ourselves is that we should be the same level of professionalism. So in my mind, I'm like, right, if we're holding this tournament and it was 256 snooker players, how should we be delivering this? How should the players be reacting to it? And how sh what's our minimum requirement? So at the Worlds, Dennis and Alex Kazakis and I think Mario, he all made a really good point. And they said it was on day two or end of day one. And they said, oh, like, Emily, we've no idea when we're playing. And I said, right, right, like, how does it explain it to me? And they showed me the website and they were like, and they explained and I said, right, actually, yeah, that makes total sense. If I was playing a tournament, I want to know. With, like, I want to yep. know in a couple of hours when I'm playing. So we're just, to be fair, we're just flying off feet with it. And it's, yeah, Digital Pool, the setup here has been much better than the World Championship because they've got two operators on site who actually know the system. Mm -hmm. Whereas we got let down at the World Championship. There was someone on site who didn't really know the system. We were kind of just, no one really knew what the fuck they were doing. Um, so it's been a lot stronger here and now it's trying to look at them and go right so everyone's got a table allocated so you should be following the way i see it is if, if i can understand it and if i know when i'm playing it should be good because i'm quite basic with stuff like that mm -hmm. and so i try and understand it myself and i you'll see like i'm just sitting there on my phone trying to figure out who's playing after who and if i think find it confusing that's when we need to change it sort yeah. of thing not not saying it's how I see it, but it's just like, like I said, I find stuff like that quite confusing to understand. And so I think it just should be really basic. So again, you know, it's our second multi-table event, like that style, you know, obviously the world championship is half the table is half the field size. So it's, you know, a little bit more easier. Um, but yeah, it's now one of the things that coming away from the one table setup, these are the things we need to be thinking about, you know, how do we make it more simple for the players so then you're not all just running around and you have no idea when to place. It's not good. That's not how it should be. Um, but it's good being at a venue like here because you're within walking distance to your hotel. And yeah. I just find that the, you guys are here anyway. So we just got to try and make it as accommodating as possible for everyone to be here. So to be totally honest with you, it's just a total learning curve. Yeah. So we're just learning as we're going and prioritizing where we spend the money um, and gradually just trying to get there, really. I've done it on a much smaller scale than this and pool players can be quite difficult to organise and get organised and you're right with the DigiPool app, once I got to know it and go through it, oh yeah I can see it and I can go yeah. through the tables and allocations, I find my own name and everything, once you've, once you've got used to it then you can find it, Yeah. but you're asking 256 <laughs> pool not. players not. to go on that app and even know that yeah. the app exists. Um, there wasn't a player meeting at the beginning. No. Was that not something that could have been then at a players meeting to explain how the, the DigiPool app would have worked and would um, that have <coughs> saved you maybe some headaches? Maybe. Um, we tried to scrap the players meetings to be totally honest with you. We don't have them at the World Masters. No. We don't have them at the... The only time we actually really do them is in the Moscone Cup and we do it with the captains yeah. because it's, you know, it's more to try and prevent what happened with JJ with the time foul. But yeah. Um, I mean, bloody hell, that was TV gold. So, um, <laughs> so we always want that. But uh, we we scrapped the, te the team, the players' meetings. Also, it takes like three hours out of our time. It is, and yeah. my time is so much more precious to the build and actually ensuring that we execute the event to a high enough standard that day before the event starts. 
and it, it takes the whole team away for three hours and it just ends up being three hours time of half the people not actually hearing what you're saying so you've got to put in the mic system you've got to put a proper system in so everyone can actually hear what's happening and so it didn't really make sense but maybe like a tutorial on i'll say an email an yeah. email with, a, with a explaining this is how They're you're going to find all your stuff this is where you're going to find it and yeah. once people know how to use the app yeah then i think it becomes much I easier mean, fair enough and the first us open was the first time we started using q score and then we continued using them for the world pool championship we had a lot of problems on that that's why we've gone now to digital pool we had a lot of problems at the World Championship and now we're kind of learning the way here. I'm not saying we got it right. I think we're at like 30% right, to be fair. Um, I think we just need to come away from it. But at the moment, we're just like this on events. Mm -hmm. So I think we need to just get some time to go, right, okay, what do we want? What system do we want? How do we want, you know, what do we want to display? I mean, <laughs> can't be honest, so at the table the other day, yesterday, Skylar turned, uh, Skylar was playing. And I was at the table and Billy turned around to me and he goes, Skylar's just messed, Skylar just said to me in the middle of his match, like, my Fargo rate's wrong or something like that. I was like, what do you mean Fargo rate? And the three numbers in the after his name. So he's like, what do, you, I'm, what do you mean Fargo rate? And this is probably very a hated comment. Um, however, I'll be honest about it. I don't like Fargo rate. Don't make sense. Don't make sense at all. Love me or hate me. That is the truth. Um, it's all about the nine ball world rankings. And so I've got over to the digital pool guys and fair enough, they switched it like straight away. I was like, why are we showing Fargo, right? I said, you're showing everything that I completely don't believe in in life. And it, it doesn't have like, any bearing on the no matches whatsoever. no reference whatsoever in this tournament, two match room, two nine no. ball, no reference, no relevance, blah, blah, blah. And they were like, oh yeah, like total oversight. Just oversight. I didn't look at, you know, I didn't see it. No. And I only knew about it because one person just said it to me and straight away we fixed it within 10 minutes. But that's where I'm like, we're finding our feet. We don't really know. Like we've got to find a system that we want to deliver. What do the players need to know at a tournament? And then we build a system around that. But that's just gonna take a long time. So I think until we get to that time, we just gotta try and make it as easy and manageable. And I think at certain times, like I try to go over to the tournament desk to try and be there to understand what the pushbacks are coming in so what issues why are players going to that desk and why why are you confused what information do you need to know because then we when we finish it we sit down and go right okay so how do we stop that so yeah, yeah i think it's it's something we haven't quite got um yet but it's something on our list of many lists to do um so yeah it's just learning and trying to find a better way to execute it okay I just have some news on a different <laughs> subject. Efren Reyes? Efren Reyes will be playing the World Cup of Pool. Oh my god, it's brilliant. I couldn't leave, I couldn't not ask you. No, no, it's fine. We've um, yeah, we've been working to try and get Efren over um, for a little while now. I think we've just got so many things in the pipeline, like so many things ready to announce like soon. You kind of like, you're working on it and then you forget that it's happening. Then you announce it and you're like, oh shit, that's actually fucking big news. Um, so yeah, really exciting. Let's World Cup four. Um, uh, you know, initially we've got Carlo Biardo, who's obviously there on the rankings. Um, Dennis needed to go back to the Philippines, I believe, and so he actually declined his invitation. And we sat there and we were like, let's bring Efren over. So yeah, Efren's coming over for the World Cup four. I'm just really excited for it, and it's just we need to find a home for the World Cup because I don't, you know. In Leicester, when we had it before, the crowds were just 
honestly, it kills me. I have to, I'll go like this, and I, like, oh. But yeah, we need to find a good home for it where the crowds are gonna, we're just gonna build an atmosphere and get a good crowd for that event because it just doesn't get the credit it deserves. Um, but really excited to see him back. It's just, it'll be quite interesting. I mean, everyone's gonna certainly be tuning in for that match. Do you see yourself ever taking the World Cup pool outside of the UK again? Definitely, that is our aim. So our aim is to take it international. It's just finding that home for it. Um, so like I said, there's lots of things in the pipeline at the moment um, that we're trying to work on. It's just, you know, bring it all together, prioritizing what we're working on next. Um, so yeah, we're looking at increasing like the matching team and things like that, just because it's just, we're creating a tour. Yeah. So we got to make sure we can actually, um, you know, deliver. And my favorite Moscone Cup. Do you ever see that going outside of the UK for the European um, part of it? Do you know what, before? So I think you're, you're growing a big fan base uh, throughout, throughout Europe yeah. now. And I mean, I, I personally think if you were to take that to Germany with Joshua, you would see it almost guaranteed a spot for the next coming years. You take that to Germany, the amount of pool fans you have in Germany, it's massive there. It's got the biggest league in, yeah. in probably in the world. Yeah. You would fill your stadiums, no yeah. problem. Look, you're not wrong at all. I don't disagree. I think, um, I think I was probably on the same wavelength before we announced the European Open. Mm -hmm. um, and I always looked at where they do the German Masters snooker mm -hmm. and um, looked at the temperature and I was like, wow, like, Moscone Cup did, right? <laughs> but um, now we've got the European Open. I think that's going to be like the Germany sort of home there. Look, if it works in Germany, then we can do something different in Germany. Why would we do the German Masters? Mm -hmm. So why not, like, let's not take the Moscone Cup out of the UK that is working so beautifully. I'd much rather look at this venue, build the pool table in the middle like a boxing ring and have fans all up in the tears in here all here i don't know like this is i'm walking around here and i'm feeling Moscone cup vibes um <laughs> you're so, further away from the table for sure it's yes better, yeah. we are but how like how else are we ever going to do more than two thousand fans at, or more okay more than three thousand fans at the at the Moscone cup because we're up to our maximum capacity mm. of arena for the Moscone in that style yeah. it's maximum capacity we can't technically go any higher and any bigger with the seating banks mm -hmm. because you end up actually up in the gods up there yeah. so we'll never yeah it'd be great every year to just go to 3,000 3,000 but why not think bigger than that why not look at a 7,000 but it's going to take us a couple of years but we need to would have to make a real leap into a different design yeah. it could either go really fucking bad or really really good so <laughs> I don't know they're things that are floating around the brain at the moment but uh, I think the Moscone Cup works here in the UK and in Vegas so let's keep it like that um, uh, Vegas this year is going to be absolutely wild I just I can't, can't even <laughs> I just think I love it when the USA fans give it back to the um, to the UK lot but I do think the UK lot are a lot more harsher at the London event um, they're a lot harsher and it's it's really tough to find that balance because I try to go to the snooker events and I try to go to the darts event and I try to understand what the balance is. You sit at darts event and you're literally watching the stage and the man next to you is literally got his back to the stage, not even watching the darts yeah. and he is chugging a pint and he's chatting to his pals. He don't even care what's on stage. He's there for the atmosphere. 
that's darts. Then you got snooker. Sort of thing. Can't even untie a wrapper. Judd um, turned around to one of the referees when he come back from the US Open. Um, he then played in a snooker tournament and he said he literally went down his first shot and he heard someone doing a sweetie rap and he went like that. And he said that it was because he went from Nothing the atmosphere to, yeah, yeah. of the pool that he liked and then yeah. he went to that and it was dead silent. So we're pools like sat in the middle here. So I'm not saying we have to, you know, kill the pool and you know, there is the balance. There is the balance. I'm not saying we have to go to the darts level, but we shouldn't go into the snooker level. So we've got to find the balance. And I think we're I think we're finding it right for the Moscone Cup, but we just got to keep an eye on it really and just make sure it doesn't cross over that line but we've got to also reach the 7,000 fans. So we have to push boundaries slightly. Okay. I don't want to take up too much of your time. Yeah. I know you're very busy. <laughs> Do you have any little tidbits that I might know, know about, the viewers might not know about? We've mentioned effort already, but... I don't want to say anything, anything that the special? boys will tell me off for. They're like, no, we're announcing that in a week's time. Um, you got a little scoop for the Cute Up Network? Uh, no. No, I don't think so. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Emily, thanks a lot for your time. You. Cheers, thank you, thank you very much.